Welcome to the Fierce Mama Warrior Podcast. This is your host, Jackie Hyman, and this is your hub of women who live to improve the lives of other women on the motherhood journey, health, wellness, and being their best. Hello to my Fierce Mama Warriors. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in. Episode 14. And this is a really special one because I just love it when I get to use social media to connect with like-minded women from all over the world. And I don't often interact with that many other accounts on Instagram, let's say, but I just had to say something to this woman, Fummy based in the UK because I loved her messaging for mamas. She is a fellow personal trainer and group fitness trainer for pre and postnatal women. So pregnant mamas and new mamas, mamas who have just gone through the whole birth thing and are in deep in the postpartum period. And I just saw how much I aligned with her. And when I see people like that, I'm just so grateful that there are other women who are working to make things better for moms and change the way that the fitness industry has served us for the better. So this is less of an interview and it's more of just a convo where Fummy and I get real about how hard it is to be a new mom. And we talk a lot about how much training and exercise has helped us and how it really has improved every aspect of parenting and how it can help you step into the type of parent that you know you want to be. We speak about the actual physical strength that it takes to be a mom of growing children. We talk about how training can help us exemplify what self-care and self-love looks like for our kids. And we talk about how when women shift the focus from losing weight and becoming smaller to becoming strong and becoming energized and becoming more capable to step up to the plate for what life has to throw our way. It can be a tool to change your life for the better. Happy listening. Bummy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. This is so cool. I think you're the first person who I invited to the show who I literally just saw on Instagram and was like, she looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and let's connect. And you, oh, you messaged me, and it was just like it was very, um, it was a very mutual. Like, hey, we sort of have the same mission mm-hmm. when it comes to mothers. Uh, let's connect and sort of have this happen. A little back yeah. there. Yeah, very cool. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, saw your page and I was like, yeah, she she gets it, and we're just we're talking the same language. Yes. So let's dive into, I guess, that language, like, like what, um, so you work primarily with mothers. It's like your, your base, 
clientele. Um, yes, that's right. And it's mine too. And I'm very passionate about it. I think mm-hmm. some of it comes from, I guess, just like moms are really taking care of other people all day. Yeah. And it, it's, it's sort of just a given and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And like, I'm so honored and proud to have that role. At the same time, it's like, who's taking care of you, mama? You know? Absolutely agree. Um, I, I, I don't think I realized that so much until I got pregnant myself and then had my daughter that like we, everyone just sort of expects us to fall into the role of mother. Like it's just natural to us. And then it's like, here's your baby, just get on with it. And you're still supposed to do everything that you're expected to do. Keep your house clean, feed your husband, keep your kid alive um, and smile while you're doing it all. And like you say, who is looking after the mum? Who's actually checking that mum is okay? Do you work a lot with the pre and postnatal women? Mainly postnatal. I have got a few prenatal clients. Um, one of my clients is actually due to give birth um, this week. And I had a lady who had twins before Christmas. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I actually had a, um, a prenatal class. And it was, it was like in a, in a frat, you know, so it's very small, it's two women. And uh, they both gave birth at the same, on the same day at the same hospital. So we could Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, very cool. So um, back to moms and our mission. So I tend to, yeah, agree that with postnatal, especially movement, is really one of these things that I find helps women to come back to themselves after going through pregnancy and birth and just an an incredible, like fantastic way to sort of check in with your body, yourself, uh, your health, your self-care, and those endorphins just do wonders for the mental health as well. I totally agree. I mean, I think it's one thing for moms who were active before to try and get back to that after they've had their babies, because that is something that they can do for themselves. But even for moms who didn't necessarily exercise before they were pregnant to then actually do something that is just for themselves, for their body to get them strong, but also to help them be strong for their kids. Because, you know, I have a mom, for example, who, um, there's back pain in her family, if that makes sense. So they will have weak lower backs. And I think in normal life, not being a mum, you can probably cope with that. But once she had her baby and, you know, she was picking up her baby a million times a day, putting him down into his crib, she realised, oh my goodness, I really need to get strong because my back is in agony. And there is only really one thing for it. It's getting stronger. So she is doing that for herself, but also for her baby because she needs to look after herself to be able to carry on looking after her baby. And then another mom that I've spoken to, she literally said exercise and movement is her saviour, you know, for her mental health. And it is the one thing that's helped her to, you know, stay sane. So it, it has so many great benefits for moms, you know, moving and exercising. Totally. And I think that's what I loved about your video is it really touched on something that I think a lot of people who aren't mothers don't realize about being a mom is just how much strength 
mental, emotional, and physical it takes to be a mom. Like I have three kids. My nine-year-old still wants me to hold her sometimes. Mm. And she likes to be carried to her bed. And, you know, she loves it to be like swirled around, twirled around. And, and she needs that type of contact with me and I'm able to give it to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so true. I think we probably just think that it's, they need us the most when they're babies and they do, but they will forever be our babies. It doesn't matter how old they are. And there's times either when they're sick or like you say, when, when they want to play with you, that that's when your strength really comes in because like you say, if you want them, if they want to play with you and <clears throat> you're not strong enough to pick them up, then that kind of is a bit of a, a barrier in, in how you can play with your kids. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday, actually, just about being strong in, for example, your core and your hamstrings and your glutes, because when you have kids, you have to move all of a sudden in different directions. And if you have a weak core and a weak hamstring, for example, and you step sort of quite sharply to the right in a very sudden movement, and then you pull your back or your hamstring, then you know, then you're, you're out of action and you can't play with your kids. So it, it has so many benefits to be strong for yourself, but also for your kids, because your kids will always want to be playing with you, um, probably until they're teenagers. But it, it has just got so many great benefits to be active and to be strong um, physically and mentally. It's so true. There's, you know, you're not, can, before you're a mom, you're not going to be holding say, you know, 20 pounds and picking things up off the floor at the same time. <laughs> like that's just, a, and that's just like a normal part of daily life for moms. And it really does take a lot of strength. And you're right. Like it, if you're not building that, then you're not going to be able to do that without some harm to your body. And I, I also just like, yeah, I have a client who said something that really uh, inspired me. She said, you know, I don't want to be one of those moms sitting on the side at the playground saying like, I'm just too tired to play. So when you say like, they want to play with you, it's like, yeah, I think that there's this sort of being a mom comes with being tired and just sitting whenever you can sit. And that's just sort of like a a narrative that we've been given, like a... a a given when it comes to moms is just that, you know, we're just tired. And when she said that, it, it did really, it really, yeah, reminded me that like, hey, yeah, I used to be that mom too. Before I started really taking my training more, a little more seriously um, and really giving myself that space for myself to be able to get strong in my body and have more energy and uh, just because you're a mom and maybe, you know, not sleeping as much, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be tired all the time, that you have to be low in energy all the time. And for the, for the kids as well, it's just incredible to have a mom who's like running around chasing you around the playground. And, like, <laughs> and how many moms do you actually see doing that as well? No, and I don't. I don't. I hardly see see many moms who are running around after their kids. It's sort of take them to the playground and expect them to entertain themselves. And you know, most kids don't want that. Most kids want to play with you. That's what they want. They want your time and um, your attention. So 
and through play that's that's the best way to connect with them so it's you're doing yourself a disservice if you are too tired or don't have enough energy or not strong enough to play with your kids you know push them on the um on the swings and just run around with them because you're not getting that time with them and you're not going to get it back yeah True. And not to say that like we have low energy days where like we, you know, self-care could really be like just sitting on the bench um, or socializing with other moms, you know, is really important in the park as well. But um, to be able to have that option for ourselves, you know, on, on certain days when, you know, we've worked out and we're feeling like we could take over the world and, you know, we, we are flipping our kids upside down and climbing up the ladders with them. And it's... um it really feels like a superpower <laughs> to be working out. <laughs> it's like it turns you into a super mom, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I took my daughter trampolining on Friday and we, it was like a workout for the both of us, but I just loved the fact that I was able to, you know, my pelvic floor was fine and we were jumping and doing all these different tricks and roly polies and she loved it. And I was just so glad that my body is able to do that, you know, is, is strong enough to be able to do that with her without feeling like I really need to sit down. You know, we were going for a good 40, 45 minutes. And the laughs that I got from her and just how happy she looked, it, it was it was everything. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of, I guess, guts to actually do that with your kid. Like I know I'm, I'm one of the only moms like doing that. So I do get, or like sometimes I'll work out in the park while my kids are running around. <laughs> It's like a great opportunity. Like I'm outside. I've got all this equipment. <laughs> like they can like run around by themselves for 15 minutes while I get this in. And um, being that level of active when you're a mom uh, is different. You know, it's it's so so. You do sort of have to like. I don't know. I find that for me, I have to sort of like ignore maybe some looks that I might get on the playground. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Um, you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your family. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And I think actually what people are probably thinking is, oh gosh, I wish I could do that, you know, rather than, oh, what is she doing? Um, I work out at home regularly with my daughter to the point where she sometimes asks me, can we do it? Can we do a workout? Can we do some exercise? That's so um, cute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so cute. Yeah, I do work out with my kids at home quite a lot. Uh, I do like, you know, the like a 15 minute high intensity workout with them around a couple times a week. Uh, and I like it for a few reasons. One, because it's not eating into my, my workout again, isn't eating into my work day, which, <laughs> which is so essential to me. Uh, and the other reason is that I feel like it's creating a culture in my family around movement. Like, you know, I never saw my parents exercising and I like that they see that a, that exercise is just like a part of life in our home. And B, that I'm giving them an example of self-care and what that looks like. Uh, they know like, oh, it's time for Ema to work out. And they like, they just, you know, it's not that they leave me alone. They definitely don't. Like <laughs> I'm definitely stopping and getting them water and food. And, you know, sometimes my little one, I, I'll just have to like, I don't know, have her on my back or like <laughs> carry her in my rest periods. But, um, but it's, you know, so it's not a perfect workout, but I do like that they are seeing that that's 
that I'm doing that, that I'm giving that to myself. It's like an example of, of self, like, a, like they can actually have a concrete example of self-care. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Very cool. So amazing that you're giving that to your daughter as well. Yeah, um, I think the same reasons as you, that she can see that it's, well, exercise can be fun and it's something you can fit into your day and that that's just something that we do. And I encourage her to, you know, do her own activities as well that are physical because I think the younger you can start, the better. And like you said, I didn't grow up with my parents being active around me, um, quite the opposite. And I was encouraged to do sports and I did and I, I loved it. But again, I think it just helps when you see your role model also doing something rather than just telling you to do something by yourself. Totally, totally. And for me, it's like, you know, if they don't want to do like hit workouts, <laughs> like if they don't want to do burpees, that's fine. But I do want them to see that like just because you're a mom, it doesn't mean that your self-care stops, rather the opposite. Like that's the time when you really need to sort of start start to step it up with caring for yourself so that you can care for other people all day. Definitely. Uh, yeah, 100% agree with that. Cool. So I'm wondering, you know, I'm sure that we both see sort of like the same things coming up with moms. I'm wondering like, what do you see as a struggle that a lot of moms are having right now that, that keeps coming up for your clients and your class participants? Lack of information, I think. I think, well, here in the UK, after you have your baby, you have a six to eight week check with your doctor. And a lot of mums expect to go to that check and say, you know, your doctor signs you off and says, yep, you're fine now. You can go back to your old life, exercise again. And, you know, that's it. When in reality, we know that six weeks is not enough time for you to get back. I'm putting that in quotation marks to your old self. Um, It's not enough time for you to have healed from your birth, from the experience you're still very much sleep deprived. You're only just sort of getting into a groove. And the other thing is that a lot of doctors are not that equipped in women's health and postnatal care. So, you know, the doctors here don't check whether a woman does does have diastasis recti. Sometimes they don't hear the word diastasis recti until they come to my class. And that can be 12 weeks postpartum. That can be 12 months postpartum. Um, things like your pelvic floor exercises. So I had a lady who had a C-section who said, oh, I don't need to do pelvic floor exercises because I had a C-section. And it's like, that's not right. And again, it's just, they just don't have that information. And the doctors here are not signposting them to the right professionals. So they're not signposting them to women's health physios to for them to have that discussion with them, for them to give them a thorough check, you know, to see how their bodies are healing after giving birth. So I always try to include a lot of information in my classes because a a lot of mums, that's whether they are six weeks or even six years postpartum, they're still amazed by some of the information that I give them because they just didn't have that information from their doctors at the so-called six-week check after they have their babies. That's such a good one. I'm definitely um, in the same boat over here in Israel. I was told by my doctor, you can exercise now. Uh, She didn't mention my pelvic floor, nor did she mention diastasis recti at all. I only really learned the importance of 
the meaning of that word and the importance of the pelvic floor when I started to certify and being a postnatal coach. And it really upset me that that was the type of care that I was given that's so much lack of information from the healthcare team. Uh, it's just not okay. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a client who is, I, you know, she's very religious. She has, I think, six kids, something like that. And she did a doula course and that was the first time that she learned about diastasis recti and she was like, oh, I think I have that. So yeah, so it can, it, it's just, you're right, a huge lack of information. Absolutely. I think, like you say, for me, I had heard some of the words when I was pregnant um, and after I had the baby, but when I went for my own check, I asked, oh, could you check if I have diastasis recti? And the, the, the nurse looked at me like I was talking a different language. She's like, I have no idea what that is, um, which is crazy. And um, yeah, it's it's just such a shame that women's health is just not at the forefront of a lot of doctors' education and minds. I think a lot of mothers are becoming more equipped to ask the questions um, or at least ask to be referred. So I always say to mums, you know, if you can ask a doctor for a referral because that way they they don't have to pay for the physio equipment. But I always also encourage them to just pay for one privately because at least that way they're not on a very long waiting list and they'll get the best care. And a lot of the time, as you probably know, you only need to see the physio maybe once or twice for them to check you and see how you're progressing and to give them to give you some rehab exercises. And so for me, it's just saying go so that you can at least have peace of mind so you know where your body is at because you can't see what's going on on the inside, um, just from the outside. Totally. If, if you know me at all, like if you followed me at all, you know that I recommend <laughs> that every woman who's been through pregnancy and or birth see a pelvic health physio. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just a part of self-care. It's, it's part of uh, taking care of your body. Post-birth is, is making sure that, you know, everything is okay there and, and how to heal and how to strengthen and the right tools and the right professional type of assessment. Yeah. Um, and I think even if nothing, if you're not actually symptomatic with anything, I think it's still good to go just so that you can, you can be told, yes, you're fine or actually... Like I went for my own appointment two and a half years postpartum for my first one. And um, <clears throat> I knew I had diastasis, it was functional, but there was a few things that I was not aware of. Like I was gripping my pelvic floor too much and I was carrying a lot of tension in my rectus and my obliques were overactive. And it's little things like that that I would have not picked up by myself. And I'm glad I went then, even though some people might say, oh, well, it's too late at this point now. And I always say to mums, it's never too late. For yeah, you to it's go. never too late. Yeah, because you don't want to get to, you don't want to get to 10 years post and then see somebody and think, I could have got, I, was, I could have come here 10 years ago and not have been suffering for the last 10 years, whether it's incontinence or you had a prolapse that, you know, you were too embarrassed to talk to your doctor about. Yeah, I just, I, 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 like you say, every, every mum, every mum, should go, even if you're being told everything's okay, just to know what's going on with your body. Totally. And it's like, we only got one life. Yes. <laughs> might as well. One life and one body. <laughs> one life, one body. We might as well take care of it and do everything that we can to to nurture it and take care of it and, and be able to enjoy it, enjoy being a, in a body in this world. I think that another struggle that I see keeps, that keeps coming up with moms is just comparison. You know, 
body image comparison, as in like who snapped back faster and um and also it is not even just body image when it comes to comparison. I think a lot of it is also just the messaging we get from society about being productive all the time and seeing other moms who had a baby recently and, oh, she's already up on two feet walking around running errands or she's already back at work or, or you know, fill in the blank. Uh, whereas for other moms, it may take a lot more time to be able to be as productive as, um, and and like that word productive as well. It's like you're you're literally caring for a brand new life that is completely dependent on you. You're probably spending like hundreds of hours, literally, um, nursing or bottle feeding or diaper changing or rocking, singing, playing. Like eye, the eye contact that babies need, like all, the holding that babies babies need, like all of it is productive. <laughs> it's very productive. It's one of the most pr- productive things in the world. I mean, you know, one, none of us would be healthy if our moms didn't take care of us in that way. Uh, and yet, you know, because society doesn't necessarily see that as productive, if you're not producing for, for society, then um, it can be hard to to it could be hard to slow down in that way the, ba- the way that babies need us to sometimes and it also can be hard to be slowing down and seeing other women out and about doing their thing and uh and I know from the other side like if you are a mom who really is best when she's at work and not home all day uh you know I know moms like that too then you get it from the other side. Like, what are you doing away from your baby? And uh, so comparison, I think, is a huge one. Yeah, I, definitely. I mean, I've spoken to moms who had babies recently and I've spoken to moms who have adult kids and I've had both. I've had the, well, I'm, I just wasn't a very, I love my kids, but I'm not a maternal mom and I love work. I'm the sanest when I go to work. So she didn't feel guilty about going to work. <clears throat> and putting her kids in childcare because actually it made her a better mum. But I guess if she had paid attention to maybe what other mums were doing or what other mums might have been saying, she may have felt, um, well, I can't go back to work, so I just have to suffer, you know, and uh, you know, suffer and be at home with my kids while I'm miserable. Because that's not to say that being at home with your kids is suffering, but for some mums, it's just not what is conducive for their own mental health. Um, and I think that's okay. And I think that's the, another conversation that needs to be had that every mum is different and what works for one mum is very different to what might work for another mum. You know, and it's that we, social media is great for lots of things, but it can be so bad for that comp- comparison. Like you say that, you know, we compare ourselves to people's perfect um, Instagram feed because they are taking their four kids out every weekend and their house still looks perfect and the kids are always clean and they're always wearing new clothes and the mom always looks really put together and like you say they're they're just they're just being quote-unquote productive and you know we need to just have that conversation that every mom every circumstance is different and really we have to listen to our own bodies and take the time that we need like when I did my and Snater classes, the lady who led the class was talking about, you know, make sure you rest after you have your baby because she's been told, she's had a few conversations with moms who said, oh, I went to the shopping center two days after the birth because I felt amazing. And it's like, mm-hmm. 
you don't need to do that. You know, you don't have to prove anything to anyone that you're okay. Um, you might feel really great because of the adrenaline after you've given birth, but actually these things then might come back to hit you in, you know, a few weeks after that your body tells you, you need to slow down. So if you don't mentally prepare yourself to slow down, your body will force you to slow down and take the rest that you need. So I think also, like you said, that moms might not feel like they're being productive by keeping a baby alive. It's just because again, society thinks that's our job. You know, you have a baby, you've chosen to have a baby. So that's your job. Take care. You have to take care of the baby without complaining about it, without saying that, you know, you fed the baby a hundred times a day and making that like the thing, the sole thing that you've done for that day. And when you, we actually know in reality, that is very tiring. It's very taxing on the body to feed a baby, to hold a baby, to rock a baby. And you're putting the baby's needs before yours all the time. Yeah. And that's another thing that, again, people don't take into account that as a mum, that baby comes first all the time. You know, you speak to mums who say, I haven't showered for two days because the baby wouldn't let me put them down or the baby will only sleep on me so I haven't slept properly for weeks. It, it, it's those things that we don't necessarily want to be shouting about to say that's what we've been doing because society might just be like, well, that's your job. Just get on with it. Right. Yes. And I think it's also important to note that it's okay to put your needs first. <laughs> like at least, and I recommend uh, putting your needs first at least once a day. Uh, just have like some sacred time for yourself. And for some women that may take uh, some extra support from a partner or a family member. Some women don't have that privilege. They don't have that type of support. And um, I totally get that as well. But with I guess with my first baby, it was like never let her cry. Like that's the worst thing you could do for a baby. And and I was pretty miserable <laughs> as a mom with that. With later babies, it was like like she can cry for five minutes while I while I hop into the shower. I'm gonna show up as a better mom when I come out. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because what I was thinking is that you basically you learn from the first one, don't you? You learn from that experience. So it's totally. either you have advice from other moms, you've seen how they've done it. And you, and you know with your first baby that actually you still need to look after yourself or you learn after your first one. And when you have your second one, you think actually they will be okay crying for a little bit. They will be okay if I just take a few minutes to myself. It will be okay if I have my hot cup of tea whilst they lie in their crib and I'm not holding them constantly. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, like we got to do what we got to do sometimes for self-care um, because it's it really is a... I mean, every woman has a choice, you know, of, of how to self-care, when to self-care. But if you are ready to make self-care a priority, it does often mean going lax on a few other things. You know, when I started working out at home in the afternoon with my kids, in the beginning, before it was, they were really used to it, I'd put them in front of a screen. And I've seen moms who, you know, like in order to take care of their other kids... They have to put one kid in front of a screen. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, um, you know, everyone needs care. Everyone has needs. How do you juggle it all and make sure that everyone's needs are met? Part of it, for me at least, definitely has been loosening my grip on certain ideas or habits or practices that I may not have felt were the ideal for my child. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, I think things like screen time get such a bad rap. But then 
if you ask that mum who limits their kids' screen time so much, how, how are you? Do you feel great? Probably not, you know, because you're always putting that child first. You're always having to entertain them. And the, the older they get, kids need more stimulation and more entertainment. And saying that actually, I'm going to put myself first for just this half, half hour and give them something to watch. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as what they're watching is age appropriate. Why not? You know, we, a lot of us, I'm sure, grew up watching TV and we're, we're, we're fine. So. Yeah, <laughs> we made it alive. <laughs> we're all human beings. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that guilt that, you know, mums sometimes put on themselves, but also society, I guess, puts on mums that, you know, to be a perfect mum, you have to follow all of these rules. And it's just not right. Yes. Yes, um, the perfect mom is, doesn't exist. So the sooner we can uh, accept that, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you, you listen to some high-profile moms, you know, running their own businesses or, you know, celebrities and stuff. And when you listen to them talk about motherhood and their life, they will tell you how much help they have. So, of course, they're going to look great. So of course, the kids are going to look great because they have childcare, they have cleaners, they have chefs and you know, that's, I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that to you, they might look like the perfect mum, but they have help. So I guess we just need to accept that asking for help is okay if, you know, for you to have sanity, I think, you know. And like you said, a perfect mum just doesn't exist. And if that's what you, if you think somebody's perfect, then it's, they, they probably aren't. They're probably hiding a lot of stuff from you. Yeah, it's true. Um, let's talk about that video. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that video that grabbed my attention. I just, I guess, I saw from the video that you put out. You got quite a lot of attention for it, and for you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, you should go definitely go watch it. It's just like a fun, very short little video introducing Fummy and what she does. But it sort of highlighted, I guess. I'm not really sh- actually when I think about it, like I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure why I connected to it so much, but I just, I think that it showed you in the gym, you know, giving something amazing to yourself, pumping the iron, hitting the bag, like you come out of the gym shining. And, and I think I just believe so strongly that every mom deserves that. Do you know what I mean? Like every mom deserves to feel that way because we're giving so much to our kids and our home and our husband. And again, like it's, it's beautiful to give that. I'm honored to have that role. And I, I love giving to my husband, my kids and my home and my community and all those things. But it's like, I just want, that's what I want for every mom. I want her to feel like she, as hard and difficult as motherhood is, because let's face it, it's, it's, it can be a shit show. Like it's really hard sometimes um, that we're capable of doing that. Uh, we're capable because we're strong and because we have the tools to be able to make our body strong, make our, our mind strong, make our spirit strong and have more energy throughout the day um, that it's doable, it's achievable. And I'm just so happy that there's other people like you out there guiding women and providing those tools for them because I just wish that every mom could feel that way. Like that, that shot of you coming in out of the gym and the sun, you're just like glowing. <laughs> that's what I think like it was that. It was like, I want that for every mom. Yeah. And I think that's why we, you know, that, that video was really important for us to convey what my brand is about 
um, Strong for Every Day. And that's why we've called it Strong for Every Day because I think every mum deserves to be strong for everyday life. Um, Strong for themselves, strong for their kids. And, you know, I say in the video that it's about um, my my mental well-being and my physical well-being. And my physical well-being impacts my mental well-being. I don't say that everybody has to work out every day, if that makes sense. But for me, I I love working out. I love how how it makes me feel. I love how strong I feel when I you know do like you know heavy deadlifts or heavy squats and it's like despite being a mum I can be this strong you know I despite being a mum I can go to the gym and I can go in there and switch off for like that hour or whatever it might be in the gym to just take care of myself shut out the world and just do what I need to do in that time and and just yeah just feel like wow, I've just done something amazing and genuinely leave the gym smiling because I feel like I've done something for myself. And it's not about how I look. It's not about what this workout is going to give me in terms of calorie burn or anything like that. It's just about, I've just taken some time for myself to do something that will help me to get stronger, better. And that's physically and mentally. So yeah, I think it's, 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 it's showing mums that it's not impossible to do those things after you've had a baby. When I was pregnant, I, I said to myself, after I have my baby, I want to be my strongest and best self. So stronger than I was before, better than I was before. And I've achieved, and I've achieved that because I've taken that time to say to my husband, you know, I need to go to the gym. You know, it takes some planning, of course, but I have to make the time to exercise because it's what I need. So I have to let him know that there's certain times during the week that I'd like to go to the gym or when my daughter was, you know, before she turned one, um, I did exercise a lot at home, but I was craving that those heavier weights and I could only get them in the gym. So I, I joined a gym that has a crash for me to drop her off for an hour, an hour and a half, me to get some time to actually do what I really enjoy doing, which is lift heavy weights. Um, and I did that guilt free if that makes sense. And I think I've spoken to some mums who feel like, oh, I don't think I want to leave them in the crash just yet. And But think about the benefits also for your child. You know, you're leaving them with other kids. You're leaving them with people capable to look after kids. And actually they're going to get great interaction. They're going to play with new toys. They will be stimulated in that time and you will have great stimulation. You're doing something for yourself. And when you reconnect after your hour or 90 minutes, your child will be happy and you'll be happy. So it's for me, it's a win-win. Yes, that's amazing. Um, it's so true. Like I I had this thing in my head that, you know, I should be the one taking care of my kid all the time. That's what's healthiest. And obviously I want the best for my kids. So that's what I did. For my first two kids, they were home with me for 18 months. But I always felt like once they went to con- once they went to preschool, it was like, oh, they're like so much happier. <laughs> like being at home with me is so boring. It's like, um, do you want to come do laundry with me? Like, <laughs> like it, it is good for them to have a different environment. Like you said, other kids, new toys, like just it's variety is, and um, what's the word? Diversity. <laughs> Diver- diversity. And the mental stimulation, like kids need mental stimulation. Um, and if they're being understimulated, that's not healthy. So having a kid at home for hours on end, 
uh, you know, even if you're walking them to the park and whatever it is, like the more diversity of scenes you can give them, the better. So, um, and the more diversity of caretakers you can give them, also it can be really, really healthy for kids. Uh, so, I think, I think just knowing that other people can do things for them as well, yeah. because I think sometimes we, it's not until kids probably get a bit older that you realize, I wish I'd got some other people to help me so that the child can see that they're not solely dependent on me. You know, somebody else is also capable of looking after them for a little bit. Totally, totally. I've been blessed with a home gym. That includes mm, a jealous. rack. <laughs> I know, a rack, a barbell, a pull-up bar, has a pulley machine. I'm, I'm getting rid of the pulley machine soon, actually, but I've had it for the last seven years, and I really only have been taking advantage of it for two of those seven years because... I thought cardio was everything once upon a time. Um, we all um, did. <laughs> yeah. But I have to admit, like, it is, it is such a privilege to be able to roll, literally roll out of bed and hit the gym in my pajamas before the kids wake up. Um, I know that's not something that everyone has. Um, so I do, I do appreciate you, like, reminding me, like, this is what it takes for me to get to the gym. Um, it takes planning, it takes support. Uh, so I totally, I totally hear that and recognize that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's also one reason why I do a, um, I teach classes where moms can bring their babies. Um, yes, it's not as, I don't want to say relaxing. I mean, not every class goes to plan for them in terms of actually being able to move for the 45 minutes because they might have to pick up their baby or change them, but it is an option for them a couple of times a week to say, actually, I can go to the, to the gym, I can do a class. I don't really have to think too much about the workout because I'll be told what to do and I can bring my baby. So I don't have to worry about childcare in, in, in that time because I, I, you know, I'm able to exercise, um, bring my baby along. And then a lot of mums, they might then go on to the park with them or they might do an activity with the baby beforehand. And it's just given them another option I guess to work out if they don't want to work if they're not able to work out at home or if they're not able to you know go to a gym that has a, a crash facility um that they still they're still able to do something a couple of times a week totally I also I'm opening a uh, postnatal rehab and strength in class in Jerusalem amazing and uh yeah it's starting next Monday I'm really excited it's I think almost at capacity Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, but um, but of, of course, babies are welcome. And I know it's not going to be like the ideal workout class situation, but at least I'm giving space for moms to be able to show up and with, you know, a, a tiny human who's dependent on them all the time. That's That's really for brand new moms. That's the way to make it happen. And also just knowing that, that time period when your baby is small and needs you around all the time is temporary. So it's like working with what you've got during that time period and coming to a place of like, okay, maybe I can't get an hour in the gym by myself right now, but I could come to this class and bring my baby along and you know try and make it work and see what happens. And it's not going to be perfect, but it's what I can do right now. And I think with pre and postnatal fitness in general, it's so much about, okay, maybe I can't do exactly what I w was doing, but this is a temporary time period 
and just giving ourselves so much grace and patience during that little, in the spans of our lives, you know, pre being the, even just like the era of having kids or having smaller kids is so temp- temporary. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, at the time, it feels like it's, it lasts forever. Um, yes. Going from feed to feed and, you know, you're not, you're broken sleep. It just feels like, you know, that it's 10 years stuffed into one year, but you're absolutely right in the grand scheme of things. It's a, such a small amount of time. Okay. We are coming to uh, the end of the episode, having to wrap up here. So I'm um, just so happy that uh, other trainers like you exist. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for doing what you do for moms and helping moms feel their best and being inspiring in a way that, you know, the focus is not so much on the way the body looks, but on the way we are feeling and able to show up for ourselves and for our kids. And I'd love to just wrap up by asking you, because you seem to really have this passion for helping other moms and have succeeded in doing that. And it's really inspiring. So if you you. could, (laughs) yes. So if you could write one thing, like a one-liner on a post-it note that moms who may be struggling would wake up and see every day, what would it say? I think it would say it's only for a season because everything it's just temporary, even though it might feel, not feel like it at the time. It's only for a season. This is just a season and the season will change. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was such hey, a great conversation. This was a great conversation. I'm so happy that this happened. And I look forward to keeping in touch and sort of um, having our communities be, uh, be joined a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Have a wonderful day, Fumi. Thank you, and you too. Take care. Fumi of Strong for Every Day. I love that name. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, you can DM me privately on Instagram, Mom is Crushing, or you can visit my Facebook page, Mom is Crushing Fitness by Jackie Hyman and message me or comment there. Please don't forget to subscribe to Fierce Mom Warrior podcast on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss another awesome conversation with incredible women who are improving the lives of other women on the motherhood journey. If you would like to get in touch with Fummy or learn more about Strong for Every Day, Instagram is also a great place to be in touch with Fummy. She is strong for every day, one word on Instagram. And her Facebook page is also strong for every day. This episode was brought to you by Mama's Crushing Fitness. Build inner and outer strength in a way that is kind to the body through every stage of pregnancy and postpartum. See you on the flip side, Fierce Mama Warriors. Feel good, feel strong. Mm -hmm.